I'm Cassie Ringsdorf, and this is the FEMA Podcast. After a large disaster, the scenes of destruction can be heartbreaking. And often, those visuals stir a desire to help in any way you can. But the best of intentions may not have the best of results. On today's podcast, we talk to Stacey Lamb, the Senior Director of U.S. Disaster Services for Convoy of Hope, and Don Bonchek, Voluntary Agency Coordination and Donations Management Liaison for FEMA Headquarters, to learn how to donate and volunteer responsibly, so your efforts can have the greatest impact for those in the greatest of need. Well, Don, Stacy, thank you for joining me today. Um, so voluntary agencies are such an important part of the whole community response after a disaster. Stacy, would you mind kind of briefly describing the types of assistance these organizations can provide after an event or how they support individuals and communities that have been devastated by disasters? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, immediately after a disaster, you know, the first thing that uh, so the, one of the first needs that come uh, up is sheltering and things like that. So it can go from sheltering to distribution of emergency supplies right into the early part of recovery, which would be cleanup and debris removal, and then all the way into uh, what would be long-term recovery, which is rebuilding and, and uh, you know, putting things back the way it was. So they're pretty much a part of every step of a recovery process. Correct. Um, how do volunteers fit into that? Well, as a voluntary agency, uh, you know, by definition, our, our organizations volunteer to do what we do, and we do that with volunteers. Most of our organizations and agencies have very small staffs, and and um, just by the very nature of it, it takes volunteers to um, to magnify what we do so that we can function. Whether we're doing distribution, where you know, in in, um, for instance, from our organization, Convoy of Hope, we may only have six or eight staff that bring all of the goods and stuff to the affected area, but we need 100, 200 volunteers to go into the neighborhoods, set up a drive-through point of distribution, whatever the case may be. So volunteers are extremely important. So maybe this is for both of you. Why is it so important that volunteers not just show up to a community after a disaster occurs? Well, the biggest thing is when they just show up, then there's no process to actually get them involved in the established organizations and the established emergency management procedures after a disaster. So, you know, sometimes from FEMA, we'll teach uh, the locals and and other national groups of how to set up volunteer reception centers to, to try to get everybody a good position that they can work in. But that's a lot of manpower, maybe some wasted time for the volunteers. So the more that the volunteer can understand and affiliate with a nonprofit ahead of time, then they can be trained for certain positions and, and really just drill down and be the most useful for their time that they're, they're giving. All right. So we've talked about volunteering with, with an organization that you've connected with in advance of going to an event. Um, that's, that's an important option. It's critical for the work you do. Um, but another option includes donations. Um, but I think we need to clarify what that means for people because oftentimes people will say, oh, let me go check my closet for any extra clothing I might have, things lying around that I don't need anymore, but maybe other people might. 
but that's not really necessarily what's the most useful after an event. Can you kind of talk to that, Stacy? why that's not the best option? Yeah, and um, we refer to it as the disaster within the disaster because if uh, unsolicited donations just show up and by, you know, by well-meaning people that want to help, but that's not what's needed in that moment. Um, we really need to, just like Don said, when working through process, when you're talking about volunteers, but it's the same for donations because we need to make sure that we know what the community needs working through all the local officials and make sure that the right stuff is coming um, to that particular location and it and you just you just don't have random trucks and trailers showing up with all manner of goods and then you have to assign additional staff or additional volunteers just to manage um, just to manage that uh, those donations and go through them and figure out what to even do with them so what is the best option for people who want to help and want to donate but aren't sure what to do next? Well, the, you know, from our point of view and from the community, the, the best donation is a financial donation to the nonprofit of your choice. Um, you know, that's where the nonprofits, their lifeblood is that donation, that financial, so that they can take that dollars and buy in bulk they can use that dollars to buy in the local community to help the local economy that has been affected. Uh, and find, like Stacy said, the, the exact item that is needed when it is needed. So sometimes when somebody will give items instead of cash, they might be useful and they might be needed, but maybe weeks and months down the road. So you've got to transport, you've got to store, you've got to ship. There's, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes cost associated with things versus the cash that can then be utilized to the best for the And when it's needed, probably. And I'll even add to that. We have seen times where communities have had to pay bring in dumpsters and haul off used clothing and things like that. And that's just, that's more cost on that community, not to mention the time and the labor that goes into that. All right. So how do people identify a reputable organization to send money to after a disaster? And kind of along those lines, what should they consider so their money is having the greatest impact for the people who need it the most? Well, one of the things that FEMA always promotes is that you do find that organization that's been a long time established and, you know, and have procedures set up and is integrated with the community ahead of time. So after a disaster, there'll be a lot of pop-ups and some of those are not respectable and, you know, your money could just go away. So looking for somebody that you currently know, uh, we also will ask a donor and push them toward National VOAD. Um, National Voluntary Organizations Active in Disaster. Their website is nvoad.org. And on that site is the 60-some national members and corresponding state VOAD member. So those are the groups that are legitimate and working together before the disaster and who you know we can really recommend um, for anybody that really wants to help. And I would add to that, as a National VOAD member, um, Absolutely. That is a great place to start. And if somebody really wanted to take that to the next level to really make sure that they, they know where their money's going, I would also recommend CharityNavigator.org because that's really the, the top site that, uh, will, that, that rates all um, nonprofits across the country. And so that's a great place to just do some additional vetting if, if somebody wishes to do so. 
So, you know, our, our nation is no stranger to disasters. And I think we've seen in the news, especially in the last number of years, um, you know, this, the minute something happens, people want to help, right? Is is that kind of what you're seeing yeah. um, pretty pretty consistently across the country? Absolutely. Everywhere we go, you know, people want want to help. They just don't necessarily know how to help and maybe not in the right time frame. So being able to educate them and and, uh, and being able to talk through, you know, what are the best ways that you can help, do- whether it be donating or volunteering, um, I think that is uh, very important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Stacy said at the very beginning about having the potential disaster after the disaster. And I think that we're blessed in the United States because people do want to help when they they understand that their fellow Americans are hurting and they see things on media and you know understand that you know the empathy that's out there. People want to help fellow Americans, help each other out. The, the key to it is is knowing the best way to do that. And, you know, I, I really love the idea of wanting to help but not necessarily going to your clothes closet and cleaning that out. That causes more problems than what it's worth. So, you know, the biggest thing is to get educated ahead of time. You know, if the disaster happens and I want to do something, what is the best way that I can make a difference in somebody else's life? So last question, if there's one thing, one takeaway you wanted listeners to bring with them after they listen to this podcast, what would it be? To understand that their their resources and their their heartstrings being pulled after a disaster is good. But what you do with that can be either good or bad. So get educated a little bit, go to FEMA's website and, you know, look under, you know, fema.gov forward slash donate, which has a lot of this information in it. Go to nationalvoad.org to understand who else is out there that could use your support and get educated ahead of time. Get educated now so that you do the right thing when you want to help. And I would just tag on to what Don said there and just simply say this uh, to folks that may be listening. Your help is needed. You are needed. Um, but like Don said, we just want to make sure that if get educated ahead of time so that you can help in the best way possible. We welcome your comments and suggestions on this and future episodes. Help us to improve the podcast by rating us and leaving a comment. If you have ideas for future topics, send us an email at fema-podcast at fema dhs.gov. If you'd like to learn more about this episode or other topics, visit fema.gov slash podcast. Mm-hmm.